Hey, 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 everyone. Hi. Hey, it's me. It's me, Jeff May. I have cool friends. You guys know the show. You've listened before. Welcome to another fantastic episode of Jeff Has Cool Friends. I'm Jeff May, and I've brought a cool friend of mine. Uh, one of my newest cool friends, actually. This is so fun. Uh, I was so excited uh, to steal this guy. Ladies and gentlemen, artist extraordinary, Joseph Michael slash Joe Dragunas slash JM Dragunas slash how many ways should I tell people how to stalk you on the internet? Whatever you want it to be. Uh, <laughs> oh, I like that. I, I like that you're like, I'm a mystery and an enigma, and also I'm available. That's right. That's right. I always have my, uh, uh, the artist bio is always, you know, died in 1895, and, and his, his, yeah. his, unexu- his exhumed corpse was uncorrupted. Yeah. Died of the croup. <laughs> I'm actually fascinated. This is going to sound weird and also very myopic and very selfish i'm fascinated by you in that i did not know you until we met like two and a half weeks ago it was great because on your episode with chris you talked about in the beginning how you and chris have been friends for 10 years chris Uminga, yeah and i was like yeah with uh, chris Uminga, and, and i was i was like yeah jeff and i've been friends for 10 days that's equal <laughs> but 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 that's why this is so fascinating because you know, if anybody who's listened to episode one with Chris Uminga, a lot of my friends are in the art world because I have spent a lot of my time at comic book conventions and I meet people that I like and we just talk and we become friends. Uh, it takes about three minutes to become friends that's because right. those first three minutes. <laughs> that's about what it was. Well, the first three minutes are, and this is something that you said to me that I thought was very funny because it's the exact same thing that uh, I think, I believe one of our mutual friends, Mike Choi said, which is when I oh, first yeah. met I you, I thought you were an <laughs> <laughs> And I said that within the first three minutes. And, <laughs> and But no, you told me after the fact, you were like, yeah, man, I thought you might have been an <laughs> Uh, it was, it was a very funny, uh, it was a very funny situation to see. Well, um, it was, it, it was, it was like, like watching the, uh, that scene in Scott Pilgrim when, when the little wheel is spinning and he's like, I have to pee. I should go talk to her. And then it stops and goes, I have to pee on her. And then he runs away. It was, it was or a really cool guy. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah, it can it be both. A really cool guy. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah but, the, the yeah, but I'm a really cool guy. I'm a really cool guy, but. Chris, who was a great judge of character, was like, trust me, dude, this dude's awesome. And I talked to you, and it was like, you, 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 the first sentence was a name drop. And I was like, oh, man, this guy did a name drop. I don't like him. Oh, what? And then the second sentence, I was like, wait, he's really cool. And then by the third sentence, I was like, no, I love this guy. This what, guy's awesome. What was the I'm name done. drop? Oh, I don't know. So just because I was trying to create a connection that we might know the same person? No, it wasn't. I, I, I and, and there's nothing wrong with name drops. It was an actor name drop. And for some reason, I think some people are predetermined to be turned off by name drops, which I don't care about them. But it was just one of those instinctual, like, oh, f- he name drop. That oh, means no. maybe he's trying to show off or. N- no. Oh, shit. No, I guess if I'm trying to show off, I. I I would say that the title of this program is probably the best way to describe if I'm showing off, which is me being like, hey, boy, am I not interesting? But let me tell you. <laughs> no, you're very interesting. You're very quick. And, and and that was that was a second sentence. I was like, damn, this dude is sharp as. Yeah, that's, really quick. People don't people don't bring that to the table. Usually they're usually like this dumb bro- block of human is a real piece of garbage, which you had for a second and then you lost it. But second sentence, you, yeah. you won me over. You yeah. just have to get people past the that initial first sentence. Well, it, it is which, was, which is high. It is it is funny though because <laughs> when when I met Mike Choi the first time, he was like, "This guy is an," 
Like, and then, and then when I talked to him about it, he's like, yeah, man, I don't know why I said that. Uh, and it, but it is definitely one of those things where it sort of causes people to reevaluate how we view strangers, which I also have a problem with. So I was listening to the one with you and Chris, and you would talk about certain artists that were a complete turnoff. And the one that you didn't mention, you said he, he had a first initial uh, uh, for a name was you then talked to somebody else and they were like, Oh, you, you must've just had a bad interaction with him. Cause he's actually a really nice guy, mm-hmm. but to you, he was, he was a dick. So personally I have a three meeting rule. Cause I always say like, and I always tell this to my wife, if somebody's driving like an on the highway, I say, Oh, that guy's got a, that guy's really got a poop. Oh, okay. So there's always the, you never know if somebody woke up with a hangover or they're having really bad stomach problems or they just have to pee, or like their pet died. In Los Angeles, we have a way to tell the difference. Okay. <laughs> if, they're, if they're currently pooping their pants, then you know that. <laughs> no, no, it's very simple. Are they driving a white semi-luxury car? Uh, okay. Is it a white Mercedes? <laughs> is it a white BMW? They're probably an uh, mm-hmm. That's just a thing out here, though. I don't know how that is everywhere else. But yeah, I like, that you, I like that you called it the three meeting rule instead of going colloquially with Three strikes, which is like also the exact same thing you described. Well, I guess so, but it, it, it's it would take me a minute to connect three strikes and baseball in my head because <laughs> you're like I have. This. I'm, I'm open to. <laughs> you're like I'm open to talking about anything except food and sports. Yeah, <laughs> you're like I. You're you're like I have this thing that I invented, where somebody gets to swing three times at me, and if they miss, that's right. They're out of my life, uh, and right. I call it my three meeting rule. If they swung an object at another object and they missed it three times, I invented this. <laughs> this is my idea. Uh, I'm I'm, an, I'm a bit of an artist, so. Uh, but but yeah, so usually if you meet somebody three times and they're an all three times, then you're like, okay, you're probably an unless you really really have stomach problems. I view that in two ways, which is like, yes, I agree, um, but it's also important that these have to be public instances because in yeah, yeah they are when it's one-on-one generally people can always relate like if you were hanging out with donald trump one-on-one for a day you might leave and be like yeah he's, he's like he's charming enough or what like you there's there are people that are bad and one-on-one mm-hmm. just about anybody is decent that's why you'd see and i've gotten into this with a lot of people in the world of comedy oh, where you're like oh this person's yeah. like a f- creep and they're like well, they didn't try to, you know, they didn't creep on me. It's like, yeah, but that's how creeps work is they don't always that's get everybody. Right. They weren't attracted to you, so they didn't creep on you. Yeah. Or, you know, but but it's I, it's that mentality where, you know, somebody, you know, is married to a murderer and they're like, well, they didn't murder me. And it's like, that is <laughs> not like like every in, like we all personalize our interactions and be like, well, this person isn't so bad. And then sometimes you're like, no, they are. You just, yeah, you just are, are seeing your own personal experience in that. That's happened with a lot of relatives of mine where I was like, oh, they, I thought they were so cool. And then all of a sudden, especially in, in, you know, the last five years, I was like, oh, you're a racist Mm. because it just never, never came up. And just, you know, the, the twice a year, once a year, you'd see them was always chat about the weather or about some, you know, some mundane issue, but then you hear him say a word and you're like, Oh no, 
Uh, there <laughs> might been a racist this whole time. So I don't think any of my family listens to my podcast because they're not supportive. But my uh, my Same. mom my mom has a uh, these like uh, like this chunk of cousins that are just bigots. They mm-hmm. they're they're these like weird conservative Christians that are very bigoted. Now I have a nephew that I love very much that is trans, mm-hmm. and these mother. Were are the kind of people that are like you're just confused. You don't actually, and so it got to know you better than you know you. It got to the point where I said, uh, "I will remove you from this household if you do not stop talking to my." And I was like, "I don't. We don't with bigots in this house." And I was like, Mm -hmm. "My and my mom's like, but I love them. They're my cousin. You know, like what are you gonna? You just have." And I'm like, "No, your your duty is to protect your marginalized grandson, not your." racist bigoted cousins yeah. <laughs> i'm sorry you grew right. up with people that ended up being racists and bigots and they are they're, they're very much all lives and i'm like and what god do you believe in exactly uh, right right that's uh my my i'm actually I, i'm going to a wedding this weekend where one of the one of the the partners getting married is trans and her whole family isn't going because they're just They just don't accept it. They're conservative Christians. And I'm just like, you don't want to see your now daughter get married. And everyone's crazy. Everyone's crazy about a sharp dressed trans. (laughs) (laughs) That is the classic ZZ Top song. I was just, it's just, if you listen closely, that's what they say. They should redo that song for those weddings. Cause like, hell yeah. Well, that is very interesting. I will add this too, that um, every trans man that I've ever met uh, dresses better than me uh with every person uh, i've met dresses better than yeah, me with less practice and i'm always like you, i'm like you're good my nephew is so much cooler than me and it is infuriating uh a, a, a cool teen trademark uh where where i'm just like hey this is happening and they're like all right and i'm like god why am i not cool damn it uh, f- damn it uh th- that very much is that thing um but yeah no they're big like i i do meet bigots uh i have them in mm-hmm. my family um, I think the last year we sort of crested away from tolerating bigotry a bit more. Yeah, it, well, it's 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 one of those things where I'm of two minds. Is is of course everybody should be called out on that, but I I think, and this is just a societal thing. We need to be more forgiving of, or, or we need to people need to learn, and we need to be forgiving of people after they've learned. Sure after they still need to learn yes of of course (laughs) well i mean that's like the situation where where people are like oh you know because i'm i'm a relatively progressive guy uh and they're Mm -hmm. like oh you know and some people be like i bet there's some skeletons that you have in your closet of things you said that you regret and i was like there sure are and i learned from them well that's everybody it's called being a teenager yeah and i've (laughs) i've grown from i've i've grown from them and and i was having this conversation on another podcast where i was like i was one of those people that when the Louis C.K. thing came out, I was like, and and this is on record, I've said this, where I was like, mm-hmm. oh, like he he asked for permission. What more was he supposed to do? Mm-hmm. That was my and thing. Then, I'm like, he, it, he did the, the waves. And, and I said that and I believed it. I thought, you know, he can't not, is he supposed to become an asexual being because he's famous now and whatever mm-hmm. and i have since been like yeah, oh no, you no. learn about the nuances of the situation Impl- with the power differentials and everything else bingo the implied power dynamic yeah. the 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 career damage that can come mm-hmm. from from saying no or yes to that i know that somebody told me that a, a very famous actor on a big sitcom who's now a director 
it used to be that if you got a job on their sitcom and you were an attractive woman, you were only going to be on one episode because they would the actor would try to sleep with you. And if you said, oh, Jesus. if you said no, you would be fired off the set. And if you said yes, then it would be uncomfortable the next time and, and they wouldn't be, rehire yeah. you. So there were no like, wow. re, there were, there were very rare recurring female roles on, on the, the set of, oh, what did I say that out loud? <laughs> <laughs> on the set of, <laughs> I, I mean, I had an, I had an ex that, that used to do music videos and she was on a, um, and Brett Ratner wouldn't stop asking her out on the video set and like people were like trying to be like, he's a good guy. And she's like, can I just work? Yeah. Without yeah, exactly. Like, like I'm here, you're not going to ask out the bank teller. Like I'm here to work. Yes. <laughs> I'm here and, for a job. And that to me is sort of that thing of like with the Louis CK thing where these people might just be like, can I just work? Do I not have to ask? Mm -hmm. do, can you not try to come in front of me at work? Yeah. <laughs> Or in our work environment. And at that point, so McDonald's, sir. So at that point in time, I recognize that comedy is probably the weirdest workplace environment. I recognize it. I understand that. But mm -hmm. I have also grown to the fact of understanding is like maybe stop trying to f your coworkers. No, but 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 that's the thing that I would have never thought about because obviously I'm not in the comedy world, but I never would have thought about the fact that just like you said, that is a workplace. Mm -hmm. And I learned about the whole power differential thing by listening to different podcasts and everybody's side about the Louis CK thing. And again, just like you said, I learned, even though I, I, I had no side because I obviously wasn't there and really didn't know anything about the story, but then you learn all of these different dynamics and nuances and you grow. So, or hopefully grow. Like, <laughs> Okay, so we're, uh, I'm going to assume, and, and of course, if, if I'm wrong, please, but we we are uh, what I would call, uh, or what, you know, Twitter would call, uh, cishet white men. We are, yeah, we are. Yeah, we're, we're, we're the same age, too, so we're, we're like in the same dot on yeah, that demographic. Yeah, we're, we're, we're middle-aged white mm -hmm. men that are the gender they were assigned at birth. Uh, we, we are not a marginalized group. We are not in danger in any way. So- what I've learned essentially is to stop personalizing people's statements on us, on, on, mm, on what we, mm -hmm. and, and to stop being like, well, that's, that's not, it's not about me. Uh, it's about how other people are reacting to, to this archetype. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's been really interesting. This is a fun art conversation, right? <laughs> that's right. This is fun. And my, we got and right, right into it. Picasso said, <laughs> "I don't want to know." Yeah, like I don't really want to know what any of those like 20th century drunks would think about what 2021 is like. I hate learning that artists what? that I've enjoyed end up becoming the old person that's like, "Oh, there's something I don't understand. It's wrong, and I'm right." Well, so he, here's the uh, so this is a kind of another way I was thinking about forgiving people if, if they learned was like, if you read someone like Lovecraft, who is racist as hell, had had some pretty good short stories. I always wonder if you had taken him and shown him because there, there's certain things. Cause I was, I was born a, a very, you know, Christian conservative, very racist household. And by watching sitcoms, I was just going to go, hell yeah. 
with that. <laughs> right. But like you were, we're the same age. You remember that episode of French versus Bel Air when, when Carlson gets pulled over by the cops mm-hmm. and, and Will Smith is like, no, dude, it doesn't matter that you're a judge's son or you got money. These cops are going to, they only see the color of your skin. And then in my high school, there was, there was three black kids, you know? So like never having experienced any of that inner city stuff, it was a sitcom that showed me that situation. But then you have somebody like I like that you said inner those... inner city stuff. That is Bel Air. Well, oh, that's true. Yeah, I guess it is Bel Air. But <laughs> West, we'll just right say West Philadelphia say adjacent. How about that? Yeah, West Philadelphia. No, I get what you're. Uh, I get what you're saying, though. It's it's because I live in like a, a, a ninety-seven percent white suburb. I've lived here for forty years. Hell you know yeah! What I mean? Like, there's no. <laughs> no i was the same I, I lived in charlton massachusetts which is essentially a glass of milk yeah. with six churches in it exactly yeah yeah we're, yes, that's right but you're never exposed to any of that stuff until you leave the house you mm-hmm. know so i always wonder what those old racists would look like if you could show them stuff from today if you could show them the other person's point of view the other person's nuances and would they still be an old racist crank or would they be like oh I've been an idiot my entire life. Yeah, I mean that's the that's the sort of the plot of of the the murderous section of the Twilight Zone movie. The the decapi- oh, the decapitation yeah. section by by John not guilty Landis. By, Very good. By by helicopter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, was it Victor Vic Vic, Vic Morrow. Margo? Vic Morrow. Vic Morrow. Thank you. Yeah. The uh, Vic, Vic, Vic Morrow played a a a a old racist man, uh, and uh, who I'm guessing was uh, an old racist man during Vietnam, and he is transported yeah. to becoming a Viet a Vietnamese soldier and uh, what it's like being on the other side, and then he gets decapitated in real life <laughs> with two children. Don't learn. Don't learn around helicopters. Yeah. By a hell of death but from then, above. Look, but then there's people like John Wayne who was racist and then came into our our sort of time period where you had, you know, television and 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 more literacy towards the other side and was still racist. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he was. A, I'm glad he's a big dead bitch, and I'm glad about it. I remember, yeah, um, yeah. especially when you read some some quotes from him, you're just like, yeah, yeah. He said the thing where he's like, there was no black cowboys, so why would you put black cowboys? And it's like, oh, you've never read a book because like black the, cowboys the, were like dominant because it was a job <laughs> you could get. It was incredibly, oh, yeah, yeah. but yeah, exactly. Read a book, but we have uh, that's one of my favorite things about the pulps is because I like a lot of the turn of the century. Uh, like Lovecraft and Howard and like Algernon Blackwood, M.R. James, a lot of these guys that were writing pulps around the turn of the century is they were writing these short stories that weren't available before. Mm-hmm. So you see literacy go up around the turn of the century because you had these cheap little dime store magazines you yeah. could buy. Yeah, I was just going to say, for those of you that are unfamiliar, pulps were uh, these like literary magazines that did what we now consider to be highbrow sci-fi, but at the time were yeah. mostly considered lowbrow stories that generally focused on crime or science fiction or horror. Um, That's how L. Ron Hubbard got his start. Oh yeah. So it was a problem. <laughs> uh, it's a, never, never trust a religion written by a sci-fi author. My next uh, tattoo is from a, a pulp cover and it, it is a, um, I believe it's, maybe amazing heroes or something like that but it's uh mm-hmm. it's a robot gladiator like an alien robot gladiator cool. wrestling a lion uh in oh, cool. in like the coliseum 
And just yeah. the story behind that painting is so wild to me that I desperately want to get it tattooed on me. That's pretty neat. Who doesn't want that? What's now, the, who did you remember the story? The the No, the I actually have it. It's from like 1929. And I I have a, a copy of it uh here mm -hmm. um but i've always been afraid to open it because it's from 1929 yeah. this turns into dust yes yeah yeah no it's like i pulled it out of the titanic and if i take it out of the water it's going to just <laughs> immediately oxidize and dissolve um i do i would like to talk about you instead of us just uh, outlooking we can do more on the outlook stuff every episode's different um and, and one of the reasons that I, I was so shocked that i only just recently met you is i should know you I should have known you hmm. and I don't uh, or I didn't. And that to me is another example of just my ignorance in that, like me thinking that I have cultivated this thing and being, Oh no, no, no. You can oh, keep, don't blame yourself. You can keep expanding your growth. Well, no, because you have almost 200,000 followers on Instagram. Uh, all fake. I did a look. That's just, I, I did. That's, a, you that's paid for bots. <laughs> it's, it's just a number on the screen. It doesn't, uh, <laughs> I get that, but at the same time, like that's not an inconsiderable amount of amount of people to be following you. Um, you, uh, your art style. I mean, I kind I asked about your influences when we met, and I, I feel like I nailed it mm. a little bit. But it's sort of like if Alphonse Mucha was drawing medieval. I'll take I'll take the name Mucha any day because he I think is the 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 all time greatest. I was I, my, I make the argument he's the all-time greatest greatest artist in the terms of because there's many different types of artists he's the he's the best illustrator mm -hmm. he's one of the best sculptors if you look at his architectural designs he's one of the best architects he's one of the best painters so across the the spectrum of of of, of most uh, tangible media you could create he's he's the best I mean I'm the best but well, not not in an you're, artist you're, but you know you get it verbal media verbal medium is you're the best <laughs> true uh very true and, and true we're, true <laughs> and we're here to have a good time yes. nothing wrong with that um now uh so fun story i don't know if you know this but you have listened to the show before and yes. so we're going to get a little bit deeper into uh into your your artistic style but i would like to add that uh for those of you that are not aware and if you're listening to the episode for free hi thank you for your ears you're the best you're well you're the second best uh the best ten dollars the best would be the patrons uh at patreon.com slash jeff may uh because they get early episode uh access to the episodes early they get them uncensored so every time i say no that that, that seemed edit that one out i don't know uh but every time i say one of those words it doesn't get bleeped out like you just heard if you were listening to for free uh so that being said the bleeps uh, are fun though the bleeps are fun but somebody gave me a four-star review because i do the bleeps they were like i love so, the show it's my favorite show but why are you bleeping it out man and i was like oh you're a piece of shit. no just kidding <laughs> thanks for listening change your rating yeah yeah four-star reviews are like asking to talk to the manager just just don't do it yeah. just either leave a five star or just go home because life's too short yeah yeah no i will get I, I i've had people like downvote my simply because they find out that i have this show after i call them like a dip on twitter or something like that <laughs> just go home yeah life is so short it's, like just go for a walk yeah like i'm not gonna advocate i'm not gonna advocate self-harm but like if you're one of those people harm yourself <laughs> just cut deeper yeah just but that being said, if you are a member at patreon.com slash Jeff May, uh, one of the perks that you get uh, along with uh, 
with, with all the, the shows I have coming up because I have more stuff coming. I'm actually uh, really building the Patreon up now. Uh, one of the great things we have is that uh, for uh, $10 a month, I uh, say your name. You're a producer. Uh, so every episode, Jeff has cool friends. I say your your name. That's fun. Uh, so uh, <laughs> guess what? Guess what, Joe? We're going to say some names. We're going to say some names, moth. Uh, starting out, um, shout out to, uh, VIP patron, Jeff hates competitive fun. Uh, uh, J H C F that's the, that's the short, the short term for the show is J H C F. So people like to do creative versions of that. Uh, Patrick, uh, Patrick Dore or door Patrick Dore, Patrick Dore. It's all good. The digital Phil, the bollock, Caitlin Binney L at what point does this become the majority of the podcast? Seldo, uh, fair <laughs> point, fair, fair question. I said, you know what, what it is, is I set this, uh, tier at a relatively low price point and I, but I, I capped it off at a hundred people and that means it's a hundred names, but, um, to add that we can make fun of or compliment any name that we want. So we can make this part of the show. It's not and an, then ob- you could. You could then, you know, move the podcast to three hours instead of an hour and a half. I would shoot myself in the face if I did a three-hour podcast. <laughs> you could do it. I don't You're want to. Talker. We just talked about. I this. don't want to do a three-hour. A three-hour podcast means you didn't have a plan. It means you were just like, let's just talk. Mm. Let's just talk for three <laughs> hours, and then I will advocate people don't get vaccinated because I'm a f- idiot. Oh wait, no, that's the. Oh, other, is that a Joe Rogan? That's dish? the other guy with the three-hour podcast. Okay. Well, I, I'm no fan of Joe Rogan, but I uh, uh, Hardcore History, that's my favorite one. And his are like six hours. Yeah, I don't have energy for that. Plus, I left history. <laughs> I left the history profession. So uh, so I don't want to do that. A lot of people that's... a lot of people want me to do a history podcast. And I'm like... The only time is now. And I'm like, you know, I, I don't I don't want to. <laughs> like, oh, I love history. I'm sure, oh, well. I'm sure it would be... Look, I have talents, and I'm sure that would be one of them. Um, but at the same time, if I don't want to do a show, I'm just not going to do it. Well, it's the same thing with, with, with anything, you, yeah. the, your, your boredom or like, like with the commission, if you don't want to do the subject matter, it'll show through in the final piece. Oh, it's, it's, you know, in a way it's also like, it's like stand up where people are like, you want to do this show? And I'm like, what's the rate? And they're like, oh, we don't pay. I'm like, I got, I got to do, uh, <laughs> and, and this is a job. <laughs> And I, I, I would love to do the show, but if you're not going to pay me anything and it's like an hour away, no, no. Let's... Do you want to talk for 10 minutes for no money? I don't. I really don't. <laughs> the Ian McClendon. Jez Butt is going to be a dad. How about that? Hey, congratulations. Jez Butt with the jizz nut. Yeah. What? Is that? <laughs> no, that was awful. Best. The best, like I said earlier. Craft beers make my alcoholism look like a neat hobby. Hi, I'm Super Fudge, and welcome to Fudgemania. Mef J. That's the bizarro Jeff May. Uh, Bold and brash. More like belongs in the trash. Russell from Jersey. Pizza, bagels, Taylor ham. Where where are you from? You're from Ohio, is that right? Yeah, Mentor, Ohio. It's about 20 minutes outside of Cleveland. What food do you have? Uh, See, I said don't ask about food. We have like your imaginable. What's your like? Uh, what's like the delicacy of Ohio? What's that? Leaving corn? Yeah, leaving. <laughs> That's right. What's that? Driving to Pittsburgh is, is is corn and and corn oil and and corn syrup. And... Oh, really? So you guys are that Midwest that it's like a it's corn corn town USA. So if you if if 
so like take right where Cleveland is. If you go like towards the East Coast, you get a, a, a couple mountains when you towards Erie, Pennsylvania, or if you're down by Tennessee, Cincinnati, the, there, there's a couple mountains. Uh, but then pretty much, you know, from that eighth of the state, eighth of the eastern state over, it's just corn. It's I, all corn fields. I always feel bad for Ohio because I feel like it's the buffer between interesting states. People say that about Pennsylvania. However, Ohio is also a buffer. <laughs> I would I would disagree that Pennsylvania is not interesting. Pennsylvania has weird going on. And also it's like the the second place where America started. True. And Pennsylvania is gorgeous to drive through. There's all these mountains that, that's enough. And, and, and lakes. And... Look, <laughs> look, Arkansas, Arkansas is also gorgeous to drive through, but that doesn't exactly mean that I'm just like, you know, what's a great state. Arkansas. <laughs> when you've grown up for 40 years around cornfields, though, you get excited about mountains and trees. I grew up on a farm. I get it. Still not cool. <laughs> Boy, let me tell you a side note. Nature. I love like people are like, let's go to let's go to the Grand Canyon. And I guarantee you I will get there and I'll look at it and be like, yep, that's what it looks like in the pictures. And then I will just be like, thanks for wasting my time. Uh, I the do Grand not. Canyon might, I've never been there, but I've always gotten the impression it's like the Mona Lisa where like you see it to say you saw it, mm -hmm. but it's not it's it, it doesn't blow your mind when you finally see it. You're just like, oh, that's a very pretty painting. And I've I've seen. You know, you know what I found out about stuff like that? You can lie about saying you've seen things. People are like, have you ever have you ever seen the Grand Canyon? I'll be like, oh yeah, man, totally. it's the majesty of time. And then and then I I, I echoed my voice through it. And, and then I'm like, how about this? Echoey. Yeah. And then you can be like, yeah, it's it's wild. Anyway, let's talk about the let's talk about Squid Game, you know, or something like. <laughs> like it's one of those things where I'm like, yeah, but that's not interesting to me. And I know it's interesting to some people. But like, I don't know, we've spent a long time trying to get out of the woods to finally be like, you want to go to the woods? Sure. <laughs> Let's do it. That's a very fair evolutionary point. Yeah, like, I don't oh, know, I man. Like I, I, we created doors to be indoors. <laughs> okay, uh, special thanks to producer Big Booty Boy for 2069. Nice. Nice. Blackagar Boltagon. Uh, he had to write that down because if he said it, it would have shattered my brain. Um, get vaccinated, you chuckleheads. The 5G lets you see sound, and then you can see your friends again. Let's go. Kimball can't sleep. The clowns will eat him. There were raptors in the uh, in the kitchen, Phil. People died. People died. Uh, Mr. Billy Beck, I'm the law, martial law, and I hate superheroes. A pit full of robin bones. Uh, that, <laughs> that is uh, a reference to uh, my show, Tom and Jeff Watch Batman, in which uh, my co-host Tom uh, Ryman and I have oh. hypothesized that the bat cave, uh, the pits are littered with the bones of dead acrobatic children. Of dead robins. See, I, I had the image of, again, walking through said forest, falling into a pit, and there just being thousands of tiny little robin bones. That makes me so uncomfortable. Like somehow more uncomfortable than a, than a millionaire's cave filled with children. I had this thought yesterday and I, I, I bandied it. I, I sort of bounced it off of somebody and they thought I was insane. And I said, how funny would it be if I did a tweet that just said I was eating a bag of hummingbirds at the movies? <laughs> just a nice little bag of crunchy hummingbirds. And she was like, what the f is wrong with you? <laughs> so that's one of those things where 
there was this artist, uh, 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 Takata Yamamoto. He's this, this brilliant Japanese illustrator. Mm-hmm. And to go to his website, it's, it's, I, I forget what it's called, but it's that Japanese art when, when you tie somebody up with ropes. Like, I, I don't know what the name is, but anyways, it's, it's called this, hentai. This, it's called this, hentai. Yeah, that's right. But there, there's a thousand illustrators that are taking their, their, their take on it. And you go to his website and he has this really macabre art style. The webpage is just a girl standing there and covering her 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 lady business. Her peeper is a so her, let's cover, be scientific. Peeper is that's right. <laughs> her peeper bits is a rose. And I'm like, what the fuck? I thought this guy had a website. So I click on the rose and then the website opens up. And I was telling this to my wife and I said, Who's more in the wrong here? That guy for having that entrance to his website or me? For knowing to click on the rose, it's that guy. It's that's right. Because you yeah, were trying to problem. You were trying. You were trying to get through a level of mist. You know, you were just trying <laughs> to figure out the puzzle, man. That's right. This guy wrote. He made the puzzle. Like, yeah, but mean? I entered the puzzle, so we're both we're both in there. Well, yeah, because you wanted it's, to it's, crack it's the that code. Dennis Leary joke. True, but but it's that Dennis Leary joke. You're all you're all going to hell with me for laughing. That's fair, which means it was probably a joke that somebody else wrote. Um, <laughs> Worcester's own Dennis Leary. Uh, <laughs> uh, right. Who's the, uh, what was it? Like everyone accused Dennis Leary of just uh, robbing Bill Hicks, robbing the grave. Oh, I, I know nothing about the comedy scene. It's all right. Or, or... That being said, I don't think Bill Hicks was particularly very funny. And uh, people get very, I, it's a very edgelordy comedian to say that you loved was Bill Hicks. So I'm I'm behind on a lot of stuff. I always ask Chris and Christy to help me. What's the term edge lord mean? An edge lord is like somebody who is uh, like a like a provocative bro, like an edgy like you know these guys okay. that are you know picture somebody that would invest heavily in NFTs, <laughs> and then so, th- and then think so what do they Andrew think? Dice Clay in the 90s? And then think what do they think about art? And that's what you're going to get. Yes, exactly. Think about somebody who would defend Elon Musk on the internet. Okay, done. <laughs> you got it. Now, now think what would Deal. their what would their Blu-ray collection look like? Yeah. Okay. That's fair, an fair okay. You get it. Yeah, man. Uh, that 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 kind of reminds me. I remember I got like the um the Tool DVD set, and I couldn't get through the main menu. I was borrowing it from somebody because <laughs> I couldn't figure out how to start the videos. I was like, is this part of it? Because I hate this. It's like one of those speakeasies. You got to know the code to get in. Yeah. And the code is, I want to watch an eight minute claymation music video. And I have nightmares. Yeah. I want to be uncomfortable with music that I kind of like. <laughs> um, uh, this show brought to you by The Scene in Meet Joe Black where Brad Pitt dies. That's a that's a solid scene. A great scene. Uh, this uh, episode brought to you by Superman Family number 184. Uh, Kool-Aid Molotov, Lemming Malloy, These Seven Bees, Farty Marty, a.k.a. Fartholomew Martinez. Jeff has clawful factoids. Uh, And here's a factoid. factoid. Uh, Joe was with me when I bought a clawful action figure in Detroit. How about that? How about about that? I got the uh, I got the Motu Classics um, Mattel version. Of that, we both rejoiced, and I almost bought a sorceress one, but it was two hundred and seventy-five bucks. That's too much money for a toy. No, I'm just kidding. Well, I spent four hundred on a clawful. Like 
I, I mean, I talked down. I, I bought that and I, it was, it was, the clawful was a hundred dollars. And I said, uh, mm -hmm. I will buy, I will give you a hundred dollars for this clawful. And then also this retro beachhead that you have for $20. And I will give you a hundred dollars <laughs> for both of them. And the guy's like, you didn't even want the beachhead, but you got a deal. No, beachhead's my favorite GI Joe, uh, character. Cause he's, a, oh, cause he's a, and I don't know why I like, I always like that in the movie. He's just like an for no he's like he's training the guys you know he's training them all in the cartoon movie but also like they're being successful and he's furious about it now uh but yeah and the guy's like uh fine i'll do that and i was like you take paypal and he's like cash mother <laughs> just leave me alone yeah uh okay uh cronenberger grumblebee mike gouts magnolia thunder <laughs> flesh your friend where to go with that one yeah children love the meat millie uh, <laughs> where's Bane classic Ben Mendelsohn line from the dark Knight rises where he really shows off his lisp. I had a lisp in school I when have, I was a kid. I have no uh, reference for that one at all. You saw the dark Knight rises, right? Yeah. With Bane. Remember Ben Mendelsohn's character yeah, was who was Daggett. I believe it was Daggett. And he's just running around yeah. being like, Bane, you promised me that I could take over Wayne enterprises. Oh yes. And then, Bane, and then he like, shows up angry. One time and he goes, where's Bane? <laughs> and I'm just like, are we supposed to like, you're very talented, but I can't get over this lisp. Uh, this episode brought to you by the sad free willy noise. C2E2 AM Adventures. You ever do C2E2? Yeah, that, that, that is my anniversary show. That's the first show I ever did. Ooh, what was uh, that? It was in 2013. That, that was my very first convention. I was there. See, you, you've probably been at every single show I've been to. That's true. Uh, but yeah, that, that was my very first show. Uh, uh, my wife came with me. My wife. And we've, my wife. And then uh, we've made sure to do that show, at least that show every year since, because that's the anniversary show. Hell yeah. Is that a threat? No, that's a that's promise. Right. <laughs> uh, how about an action figure of Clippy? Hey, everybody, it's me, Clippy. Looks like you're trying to buy an action figure. Uh, Instagram. <laughs> you, you you went into uh, want to buy a hot dog? <laughs> yes. Instagram's at Bob underscore of underscore skull. Saint Gutfree, Funky J, David Knife Boot Henson, Fushizless Jones, J.K. Jeff May's biggest fan, Dill Havarti. That's my favorite cheese. What's your favorite cheese, Joe? Grow mozzarella. Ooh, how mozzarella? How how Ohio of you? That's the mozzarella that's that they put on my Pizza Hut pizza that I order. Uh, hey, we a, have we also have a Papa John's and any other pizza franchise you can think of, but no independent uh, uh, pizza places here, which is a bummer. What's your favorite dirtbag chain pizza restaurant? Ooh, so I'm going to say Longos, which they have five or six here in Ohio. So I, I'm not sure if that counts as a chain. What, what, what counts that, as a chain? I would say a national chain. Okay, so then we're going to go dirtbag we're gonna go papa john's thin crust papa john's you like the n-word guy huh good for you but shack shack is is the ruler now didn't papa john's get fired and shack owns like 20 of them he's like the new spokesman for well for shack showed up he's like i gotta make sure they understand i got my money to protect that mother owns so many restaurants that guy that guy's chasing the bag so hard i've never seen a basketball player make more money not playing basketball than Shaq. I have a rule to, to never feel bad for millionaires. Yes. <laughs> like, like just go like, like all, I always talk about this with my wife, like all the stuff with JK Rowling. It's like, 
shut up. You have bad opinions. Just, just yeah, she's, like she's a turf. Just go by an island. Yeah, and, and you don't have to share your bad opinions with anybody. Yeah, like you, it, like you, you, you're a billionaire. Just go <laughs> buy a bunch of friends and, and and have your bad opinions with them. I'm because so, they're not going to learn anything. I'm so mad that I'm so attracted to her. It's infuriating. Oh, interesting. It's infuriating that I'm attracted to her. Hmm. Never looked at it that way. Yeah. No. It's it's really frustrating. Because I'm just like, mm, damn it. Would never work. Well, you've got to you've got to meet her. I did a Harry Potter book, so like, like you've got to meet her. You did do a Harry. Then... You did an art of of Harry Potter book, right? Mm, yeah, for uh, for for Warner Brothers. So there's technically an in, and then you can meet her, and then and then explain to her the error of her. her Maybe beliefs. I can try to woo her out of her turfdom. Exactly. Yes. Oh, that's, yes. That's smart thinking. This uh, is a solid plan. I see no. I see no. No holes in this plan. In this plan. Yeah. Yeah. No holes at all. <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh, Planicus, workicus, and then we do it. Right? Is that right? <laughs> uh, thank you to Jolly Buckaroo, Normal Man Andrew McGuire, Vorta Spin, Norm from Cheers, Shebrew Sleeps, Mind Freak 555, Taurus Bulba, Huey Freeman, Lisa Harden, Twitch.tv slash Firechild 460. Oh, it's a good use of that money right there. Burrito Mouth. Yeah, you gotta, you're buying an advertisement. Right? Spot. It's I should be the I want to do that million dollar pixel page like that guy did in the early two thousands, brilliant bastard. Um, no Doctor, idea what you're talking about, but I trust you. There was a guy that made a a he had a one million pixel website and you could buy one pixel for a dollar and it would create a hyperlink to whatever you wanted. And, and he sold all million. And he sold them all and he became a millionaire. Genius, right? Right. That reminds me of I have a I have a, I, I have, I have a, a, a national lottery plan that I'm mm. trying to find the hole in. Go on. OK, so if every single person there's 300 million, there's 340 million people in America. Right. Mm -hmm. If you gave if everybody gave a dollar a month into this national thing and you bought a, a national lottery, everybody puts a dollar in because twelve dollars a year. It, it's privileging me to say so, but most people can afford that. And 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 the people that can't somebody could just give two dollars a, 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 a month you know mm -hmm. so you have a national pot of of, of 330 million dollars and once a month somebody wins forever and it costs every citizen a dollar a month twelve dollars a year but one of those citizens will win 330 million dollars a month i mean i'm trying to find the flaw in that the the flaw because in that is primarily that, that you're couldn't... you're not going to get all of those people to enter. And, well, this, and you this don't... is a fun utopian idea. So, yeah, so there's... and that would also create a national database of all people and their names, which I guess would be the social security concept. But I don't yeah. know. We'll figure yeah, it out. You could base it off social security because every single person does have a number. I think that's called running a numbers racket. Isn't that what that is? I never understood that. When like Dick Tracy villains would be like wanted for running numbers, and you're like, I don't know what that is. That's why Dick Tracy was the villain because they the, the numbers racket. They weren't doing anything wrong. They were just you know. Yeah, they were just doing gambling. their own things. They they were all mostly just scarred mutants, and that's why they were getting arrested. Exactly. You that's can't why... tell me that everyone looks normal, and then there's a dude named Pruneface, and Dick Tracy's like that guy's a criminal. It's like why? And, and also, you're telling me the guy named Pruneface got a solid shot at life, like he wasn't you know. Like his I mean, name was prune face. <laughs> we don't see he him didn't have the same opportunities. <laughs> we, we don't see him with like a wife. Exactly. Like, yep. like yep. I'm going to guess prune face probably, you know, not doing too, too well in the, 
in the romance department. <laughs> Except for that one person out there looking for Prune Face. They never found him. That's a, why Dick Trace is a villain. He took away the opportunity. Yeah. He killed he killed Lady Prune Face. <laughs> he shot her with a Tommy gun. Love. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> That was who No Face was originally. That's why and he's then Madonna a, yeah. took it over. He, yeah, yeah. Prune Face was originally called the uh, Handsome Face, and then Dick Tracy threw him in some acid. He held him over. That's, that's right. He held him over a garbage fire, laughing maniacally. Because um, he was doing he was doing a numbers game with some people, you know, just at the docks, and it was for ten dollars, and, and ruined Prune Face's entire life. Yeah, all, all because these guys are trying to get out of their terrible lives. Uh, shout out to burrito mouth dr dna steven silius ruby who by the way uh shout out to him i was just at his wedding recently it was a twin peaks a twin peaks themed wedding and i did not somebody got murdered i have not seen the show (laughs) yeah i bet something got murdered that night if you know what i'm talking about sex i'm talking about you know he murdered the yeah, no, I get it. Relations, sex, um, yes. Uh, Kelly Stanaway, Adrian, I didn't kill my wife. The most well-prepared dead guy, Jennifer Fendelander, Bart Fartigan, frankly Amish, Koi Fam, art and mentoring. Do you know Koi? I don't know him personally, but I'm a big fan of his artwork. Yeah. He gives I actually me- have a commission from him, uh, an Evangelion commission. Oh, that's cool. Ago. Yeah, yeah, I have, I have a couple pieces of his work, too. He did a clawful for me. Um, we have, um, let's see the ghost of Dave Thomas. Remember how he died? Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Just hunting you to talk and about every, beef. That's fresh. Never frozen. And every single burger you bite, there's a little piece of the ghost of Dave Thomas. Oh, it's like that kiss comic book where they put their blood in the ink. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Grind up Dave Thomas. Mm-hmm. Um, no, just, just his ghost though. Cause he's just, everywhere. Oh, just the spirit. The spirit, the spirit is in, I, Thomas, the spirit the, is in this Wendy's. I get it. The meat's been consumed long ago. Uh, we have uh, Sophia Hopgood Psychic Services. Russell Richardson, the sass fan. That is a character I used to do on a show called The Monday, the Monday Show. And it was a teenage Sasquatch girl. On Wednesdays. She was just like, I'm sass. <laughs> I have giant Did you ever face. see the, uh, you remember the show The State? Of course. With uh, Did you ever see the Sasquatch one? Probably where where they're 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 hunting Sasquatch and and they go to it they go and they they tag the secretary and and Sas, they they say Sasquatch is hiding as this Ronald J Mormon Esquire lawyer. Oh, that may be it. Yeah, that sounds familiar. I love that well, show. I have the I have it all on brilliant. I have it all on a bootleg DVD because I yeah, did because they they couldn't get any music licensing. I bought the episodes on my Xbox 360. I bought the whole, I bought them all. Yeah. This is to show just how I'm aging myself, you know, but whatever. I bought it on my 360 and none of the music was the same. So at the next Comic-Con mm-hmm. I went to, somebody was selling bootlegs of the state and I just bought them. Nice. I got to find that actually. Yeah. But for anybody listening, the state Sasquatch skit, look it up. It's, it's yeah. pure genius. And if you, for those of you that don't know, the state was an MTV based uh, sketch comedy show. So it was that sort of Gen X edgy comedy show. Uh, sketch comedy show that that sort of gave birth to uh, Reno 911 and all the people that you see on there, as well as like Michael Showalter, Michael Michael Ian Black, yeah, Ken Marino, yeah, and the Joe Joe Latruglio, yeah, yeah. So you you know these people. Um, brought to you by let's see where were we? Uh, show me in the rules where it says a dog can't play basketball. Murph the Murph, <laughs> Dan Hackroyd, Willem Dafoe's baffling big <laughs> bonanza. 
Mackenzie Chill at Nerd I've Numbers. Been to that party, huh? We all have. I've been to that party. Yes, we, we all, we all have. have. <laughs> uh, Mackenzie Chill at Nerd Numbers. Ricky Cilantro, Gray Man of the Fireside Chronicles, Domo Arigato, Andrew Roboto, the AV Foundry, Grave Gory O. Oh, he changed his name to be Halloween themed, and this episode is going to go up right after Halloween. You blew it. Oh, that's right. Is today Halloween? Uh, like uh, we are recording on Saturday, October 30th, which means that tomorrow oh, okay. will be Halloween. But this episode goes up dun, dun, on dun. Tuesday. Uh, that would be November 2nd. Um, the AV, uh, Captain Fat Strong, Jessica Robertson, at Gavin underscore not with two T's, Cody Beck Jr. And then finally, is it rude to use this bit to ask for comedian Keith Carey? Uh, totally is. But it's your 10 bucks. Go for it. However you want. Uh, and those, I don't know Keith Carey. Uh, those are my uh, VIP yep. sponsors. Well, Keith Carey. Uh, he's, he's very funny. Roast comedian. Real mean guy. Okay. Uh, like Jeffrey Ross. That's the only roast comedian I know. I mean, yeah, but uh, I don't know if Keith has had sex with a teenage girl. Oh, no. But See, Jeff Ross, Jeff Ross definitely did. Yikes. Seriously. I, 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 got, I got banned from a local club because somebody was like, Eh, it's a long story, but somebody mentioned like me trying to like wanting to fight me at the haha ha cafe or something like that. And I mentioned something about Jeff Ross being on the show and him being a, 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 a child molester, essentially, you know, he had sex with a yeah, 15 year old, speaking, 15 yeah. year old girl. And, uh, and they, oh, yikes. and they banned me for that. And I was like, okay, but I wasn't, I wasn't gonna, I wasn't trying to go to your club. Your club is bad. Um, <laughs> right. I was like, also, I, I was like, I, yeah. I was like, Jesus I live Christ. down the street from your club and I'm never there. Do you not get that hint? <laughs> you are the closest so club a, to me. Again, showing my ignorance and this might sound, this will sound like an incredibly stupid question, but no such thing. How many, how many comedy clubs are in LA? Kind of a lot. Cause here we, we've got like two in Cleveland that I know of, I've, but sometimes they'll do like some of the concert halls, but there's, there's, definitely not here in men or any comedy clubs well um the thing about it is is this is where the majority of comedians are is here in new york so you're going to get and there are what we consider here in new york here and new york are the main places here and, oh, i'm sorry i thought i said here in no, new york and i was like eh. the big the big comedy cities are uh la and new york with like uh and then you have like slightly under them would be chicago and maybe boston uh, Atlanta has really Boston, good scene. Really? Okay. Well, Boston, ha Boston has a really good, it's a good farm for comedians. A lot of like okay. the, a lot of the, the legendary comics that you can think of are, are originally from Boston. So there's, there tends like to be test a, out your material there before you go to one of the bigger cities. It's just where you're from. I guess maybe sense of humor is necessary, uh, to avoid <laughs> kickings <laughs> or to, or to endure them while they're happening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, it's one of those things where like in LA, you have your, your main clubs, your, your big three, which are the improv, the comedy store and the laugh factory. Those are the three that most people know of as being like very famous. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah, they, I've heard of the laugh factory. Yeah. They tend to have like satellites elsewhere as well. So there's like improvs okay. across the country and stuff like that. It's the Hollywood Improv, the Comedy Store, and then the Laugh Factory. Then there are um, like more independent clubs that are that are sort of independently owned that might not have the age and prestige, but oftentimes have um, cooler spots. Uh, and I think like the West, okay. the West Side Theater in Santa Monica is one of them. We used to have Nerd Melt, uh, which was behind Meltdown Comics. 
which surprise uh, that was my home club if you can believe it so let me ask you what's your favorite place you've you've done stand-up at and also what's the ideal place for at. me or for people that are trying to for, desperately for, for, for get build personally. a career for me personally my favorite club that i i performed in um was nerd melt because okay. that that was definitely my kind of club it was a, a more intimate nerdy themed club and almost every show that you did was um sort of like themed it wasn't just do jokes it was do jokes gotcha. with a so twist. you could do comic related jokes and and everybody would would understand and laugh it's where i made a lot of my comedy friends and where i got to interesting and and actually where where i got into close proximity with with people that i considered legends you know like Mm -hmm. doing doing shows with um speaking of reno 911 like i met carlos alzraki there um uh, and and from there, we had developed a, a friendship, you know, a light, a diet friendship kind of a thing. But, you know, I saw <laughs> I saw Robin Williams there. I saw, you know, I, I think that the first time I ever saw Dana Gould was there. Like, oh, they, cool. they, there were these really great comics. And especially the nerdier you were, the more you were going to sort of. I mean, that's where Kumail really had his show and and mm-hmm. um, Jonah, uh, Jonah Rodriguez and all that so uh there was there was that my favorite places that i've i like doing i like doing weird venues for comedy like Mm -hmm. like i wanted i was trying to sell a show and i you know i'm still it still kind of exists conceptually but i wanted to do a show a travel comedy show called the comics tour uh the comic store comics tour where like it would be you and a couple other comedians going to comic book stores and doing oh, nice. and doing nice. like small independent shows for like for nerds um yeah just and, pack the pack the with, the with the with the stores regulars yes and i've done i've done shows like that before uh when i go home sometimes i would do my old comic shop that i used to work at that's entertainment or um bob shaw has a store in merrimack new hampshire called merrimack games and mm-hmm. comics and i i would go there and do these like very small intimate shows i prefer that I, okay. I, I've done shows in front of a thousand people before. Yeah. Um, and it's fun and it's cool and it's a big experience, but there's something about the intimacy of it, which is probably explains why my career is what it is right now. Um, where well, I mean, intimacy is always preferred over, I mean, for me personally, I'd re- you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's, it's nicer just to have like, yes, like a one-on-one than to, to have a, a panel in front of a thousand people. Well, it's it's funny too. I've I've had to lean into the whole independent thing. I mean, we're on my Patreon for God's sake, but like I would mm-hmm. go home and try to get club dates, and they'd be like, "We can offer you X amount of money," and I'd be like, "Okay, but that's not even a third of what I'd make if I did this on my own." So no. Ah, uh, interesting. Um, yeah. And then I'll just find like I I liked I'm I'm a big fan of like um small local businesses or breweries or things like that. Like mm-hmm. I if doing shows at like breweries is really fun for me. Um, mm-hmm. so I'll usually there's find, a good one in Louisville. I, I uh, like a doing. I got married there. Yeah, I did. Um, I did one at a place called Redemption Rock Brewery in Worcester, Mass. Last time I was there, and it was the most fun. It was oh, such cool. a cool and unique spot. It's like, you know, room for what, like a, a hundred people or something like that. Right. And yeah. that's a good enough number for me that I can do a couple of shows, uh, set my pr- ticket price low enough that everybody that wants to see me can see me. And I still mm-hmm. make the majority of that money. And yeah, enough to make the trip worth it. And I pay my hosts and openers more than they would make performing anywhere else that weekend. 
Interesting. That's one of the things I, I know nothing about is 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 pay scales for like MCs that would open up the show or or you know whoever's working the lights stuff like that. I I um I usually offer um for just like the hosting or whatever on a local show where I'm like just do ten minutes and then you can go sit down and do whatever. I I will pay generally more than any club is paying out there. See, that's great. That's that's life is short. I, I, I love paying more like like a tip at a restaurant or something like that. Like you should always pay more than is thought you should pay because who cares? Money is like like water. It comes and goes. The money always comes. Yeah. No, I feel that. I feel that a lot. But it's definitely mm-hmm. one of those situations, too, where I am. It's fun for me to know that when I roll up and I ask somebody to do my show, they really want to do it. Mm-hmm. because they know that I respect them and I'm going to treat them well. You know, we haven't. Yeah, exactly. You, you yeah, know, we, we've had thing. this conversation, but we haven't, we've kind of veered away from your art a little bit. Um, <laughs> my, my art's mediocre at best. Let's no, it's not. About, it's so, comic shows. so, 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 <laughs> okay. So here's, here's how I gather. Here's what I got from your art as, uh, as I viewed it and I t- took a look at it. Um, first off, you're very, you're not necessarily easy to find on the internet other than just finding your Instagram or the Tumblr that That's you all ha- I have. or the I, Tumblr I, I that you haven't updated in a year. Oh, I do have a Tumblr. You sure do. Look at that. <laughs> yeah. You have a, yeah, ki- I don't... you, you had a Kickstarter for a book called Fanciful Ridiculousness Volume 2. Yeah. I've had three Kickstarters all, all for sort of art books that were like, uh, just sketches and, and commissions and process shots. And cause I, I get a lot of questions. Cause my, like, if you go through like, like artist daily, uh, subjectively, my art will stand out because there's not a lot of color to it. It's, it's on this sort of, of uh, toned paper that gives it like, I want to give it like an older like feel. A, so it like just, a parchment vibe. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I print on Stonehenge paper, which is like this old classic printmaker paper. But anyway, um, it, 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 it sort of stands out not necessarily good but but just because it's it's there's a lot of color everywhere else you know mm-hmm. okay so it's like medieval fantasy tends to be what i gathered from looking at, at what you have there's a lot of um skulls and armor um yeah uh so, so where, I, where, where do you uh, aside from mukha no you know you just go on your whatever you're going to say because you're going to say more than what my question would ask Oh no! I mean, just just for for references, I, I can kind of give you my art journey because, like, I I had always sketched and drawn my entire life, but I was never serious about artwork until maybe I was twenty seven or twenty eight. You know, maybe twelve, thirteen, fourteen years ago. Wow. Uh, but it, it was just 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 I, I had always worked a bunch of jobs and and just essentially just it was odd. I I had an interesting upbringing that the only way to get out of it was to go work so i started working when i was 12 i got my first legal job when i was 14 Mm -hmm. and then just would work two or three jobs at the same time always you know i'd I'd skip school to go to work what were those jobs and then i was working oh god everything like well give me some early ones yeah uh i mean like like i uh papa john's i opened up the papa john's here in menor i opened up okay yes here in menor now i uh, get why you said you like papa john's <laughs> this is right. cross-company Everybody promotion 
That's right. I, I, it was funny too. Cause like when, when that Papa John's opened up, everyone's like, Oh, you're going to get sick of that pizza. I said, I ate it every day for a damn year and I'll still, <laughs> man, I'll still eat it. I was visiting my great aunt in Virginia and she's like, Oh, there's this, the newest place that just opened this small little place. And they got the greatest little pizza. And we were like really excited about it. And then she brought uh Papa John's well, was delivered. Head. And then I was like, Oh, this is not, this is, this is like ashes in my mouth. That's, yeah. <laughs> They're saying our pizza is so bad that you only talk about our garlic dipping sauce. That's, that's right. That's, that's how right. bad that's their pizza is. That's my wife's is. favorite uh, part. But I, that's but that's the I only good, good part. No. It's, it is. The, but that's the, that, that's the best pizza here in Menor anyway, besides uh, Longo's. Anyway, um, <laughs> we're, like I, I used to work at a hospital. I, I went to school actually to work on an ambulance. I did that for four years. And then I was working at a couple of video game stores. And then I went to work at a warehouse. And I was at the warehouse... I had been married for about about eight years at that point, and my wife was like, "You should really try drawing full time." Wow! And then I was like, "I was I had never that, that thought never had even occurred to me." She goes, "You should just try drawing full time." So I went to the art museum, and they were actually having a show about uh, like like heraldic crests, like like family crests with a bunch of filigree and black and white line work. And as soon as I saw that, my my brain shot out of the back of my head. I was like, I had never seen fanciful illustration like that before and then i bought a book from the from whatever touring exhibit that was and then just shackled myself to the table and and i'm still there you know like i'm still i'm still shackled to to that table trying to figure out that's why i I named the art book fanciful ridiculousness because i like to draw dumb things like skulls and armor or commissions like steven universe or something but i like to do it in a very fanciful way nice that's that's a it's but a really was, it's a really cool style that I like because it it's it, it has very it has a very sort of medieval paint pen work. It's almost like um like illuminated texts of of the well, monks. I appreciate that. Thank you. Well, that was one thing when I was because uh, when 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 Jen Jen's my wife when she told me to, my wife when my wife told me to quit I, I I had essentially saved up money for a year. I was like, okay, I'll quit a year from now. And then I just saved up all the money I could. I paid off some of the credit cards and got new windows for the house. And so that way, if I failed miserably, I had a year to fail miserably. You had windows. So like, yeah. yeah, exactly. I, I had a year window to, to do shows and try to make money, which, which thankfully I, I still, you know, I'm, I'm still going on that. I haven't, I haven't failed yet. So <laughs> I'm still waiting for the, for the giant roadblock, but, but you just got to go as, as far as you can for as long as you can. But, um, I started to, I really like black and white work. I'm, I'm partially colorblind, which I think leads me more to the black and white work. That is fine. I just like ornate line work. And if you ever look at like, like you have a lot of original art for me, if you see the original art and then you see the finished colored printed page, I always gravitated or gravitated towards the, uh, the sketch, the, the line work, the sketch style line just, work. Was, yeah. Yeah. Just for me, the coloring ruins it a lot of the times. Rarely is it, does it does it enhance the the black and white work but even as a kid i would read creepy and eerie and vampirella those old heavy metal magazines that were mainly black and whites because it was cheaper to print Mm -hmm. and then trying to find that like i said going through the going through artist alley you don't see a lot of just black and white artwork all of it is colored or, or computer rendered so i couldn't really find a lot of black and white comic work so i went to a lot of the old 
children's book illustrations from like turn of the century. Mm -hmm. And I found these old illustrators, if anybody listening cares, old illustrators like Franklin Booth or Joseph Clement Cole or Norman Lindsay, these guys that would just do like, uh, like Harper's publishing, you know, like, like illustrations for Sunday magazines or, or in a way, like, I think just. I think the listeners might more relate to somebody like a Gory or an Adams, but yours is a lot cleaner than that, it seems. Yeah, yeah, like like, like Adams. Yeah, stuff that's primarily only, and it's supposed to be black and whites. I was looking for that kind of artwork, and I only found it in, in, in older books. Yeah. No, I've, I've noticed that the color that you choose to highlight as sort of like your main color, if you're using color, is red. Um, yeah, I, I have this, uh, this, this sort of, I, I, I called it, I wanted it to be like a red, a red ink that was on the shelf for a hundred years. And mm-hmm. then I used it because, uh, and, and my wife made the color trying to get what I was looking for. What your wife but made the color. Well, so I used it, like I do a lot of digital stuff now, but I had all these acrylic inks, uh, and she actually was blending them to try to get the color that I was looking for. Well, okay. Like, all right. Maybe I'm just so classic that I don't understand what a functional marriage is like. But like, <laughs> but like, because you said you said earlier, like your wife is is on a meeting or something like that. She doesn't work in the art yeah, yeah. world, though. Does no, she... no, she right. Uh, uh, no, she uh, uh, has always had very like you know she went to college for and has a business degree. Like she's always worked very, very she, real a, job. She's an adult. Yeah, <laughs> so she's she's a functioning adult that has a a work schedule. I, I, but it's, it's the support the reason like it, well that's the thing is is every book i do i dedicate to her because i i i, I wouldn't be doing this without her because again the thought of drawing professionally and getting paid for it never crossed my mind i just thought that was something you got to do right out of college and you got to go to art school which i didn't do either of those things and no. if you don't do it then you, you don't get to do it, it <laughs> if i even thought about it at all but she's like i said she takes care of the house you know she she critiques the work she it's all because of her literally like i said every book is dedicated to her because none of them would exist without her that's rad as like we've been married for damn near 20 years now oh so you got married as babies yeah we i was we married 18 18 years i think i think it's about to be 18 and I was 23 and she was 20 or I was 22 and she was 20. I can't remember. But yeah, we were, I mean, literally infants when we got married. <laughs> but like I always say, because because you get, sometimes you get people that ask you about long-term marriages, especially in today's day and age. I, I always say you either grow together or you grow apart because you're always growing as a person. You know, you're, you're always finding new things. You're, or at least you should always be growing as a person, finding new things, your tastes mature. You, you hear somebody else's opinion and, and hopefully, you know, put that into your own opinion and, and, and try to evolve. Mm-hmm. And as long as you evolve as a couple, you're, you're okay. And of course there's, there's ups and downs that that's, you know, you have ups and downs with your brother or, 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 or any relative, you no, know, I don't. but, <laughs> or you just leave them in the dust. No, <laughs> I don't. As, as I've done. Yeah. I, I have no arguments with my family because I don't talk to any of them, oh, but so, but, um, so good. Well, I talked to my mother. She's cool. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hell yeah. It it is very cool. Like, I I really, because, like, I don't necessarily dive into, like, the fantasy art as much as, Mm -hmm. like, I'm a huge stereotype. I I grew up on superheroes, and that's sort of, like, where my purview ends up is, like, modern pop culture. 
uh, or, mm-hmm. or like, you know, modern meaning like post-World War II pop culture. So to sort of get to get a moment to, and I have lots of friends that do art that are, that are more in the fantasy, uh, genre and like, you know, uh, uh Chris Fulton and, and Mike Champion and these guys that are really mm-hmm. big on, into fantasy, um, and stuff, but it is really fun to see that world and to see the popularity of it, wherein, Maybe I didn't know you because the subject matter wasn't something that I was immediately drawn to, but the talent, could be. the talent is so good. And uh, then, well, geez, thanks, Mike. And then when we followed each other on Instagram and I, and I, I went to your account and saw it and I was like, oh, shit. and it reminded me that my, my purview, my, my blinders the, the, of what I don't the, the see May tunnel vision. <laughs> yeah. That, that there is that tunnel vision of being like, Oh no, no, no. Like I'm not the one who's correct because I, I don't know something. It's sort of like the Kardashians, you know, <laughs> I, I don't know anything about them, but that doesn't mean I'm correct in, in True, what yeah. I don't know about. I don't, I don't hate these people the way some people, you know, I know people that don't know some anything about them, them and they hate them. And, and even if you watch the show, somebody hates them. And I'm just like, well, you don't know their day-to-day life. You, you're watching this produced, scripted, yeah. microphoned, you know, like, like edited thing. Like, you don't know them. You know what I know about them? They're brilliant at business. They're, yeah, they're, they're, some, of the, they're, they're some of the best <laughs> business people on the planet. And, they're all billionaires. And, I mean, I'm not. and I will say this, and this is something that I did talk about on, on a podcast years and years ago. Um, they are probably more hardworking than either yeah. of us. They probably yeah, do not combined. get rest and like their, their rest and relaxation has to be filmed and it has to be exhausting. Yeah. And so in that regard, being always on is not easy. Yeah. And so you, pe- you have to always be on and, and you don't get to be, you don't accidentally become a billionaire, but also I always think about this too with um, like when you hear stories about actors or actresses and doing something in public, I'm just like, they can't, like, if you want to go see a movie, like, like in Southern Missouri, you can just go see a movie. But like if a Kardashian went to go see a movie in Southern Missouri within 40 seconds, every kid with a cell phone would be there taking pictures. Like you can't even just go to the grocery store. Yeah. There's no anonymity. I know a friend who's a guitarist for a, 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 a famous pop star like a, like a, mm-hmm. a, like touring and session like a, guitarist. He's like in the band, you know, mm-hmm. nobody knows who the band is, but he's in it, you know? Yeah. And he's like, there are times where we can't go anywhere or people will, it'll end up in the tabloids that we're dating when it's just, Jeez. we're doing work. So it'll be like, I have to go yeah. to her place through the back entrance. And mm-hmm. like, so, so the paparazzi doesn't see. And I'm like, I'm like, that sounds, he's like, it's exhausting. Um, yeah, exactly. And, and that's just for somebody like, like witnessing and being in the peripheral of that. Yeah. Like imagine being the, the actual center of all that. Fame is a bit of a prison. Uh, f- fame is uh, not a bit mm-hmm. of a prison. It, it's, it is a prison. I remember, you know, I hosted a bunch of panels at Motor City. It's why mm-hmm. I was there, why we met. And like, you know, there, there was the, the voice actor panels and voice actors tend to be uh, very uh, go with the flow because they can walk around in public. Like they're allowed, oh, yeah. they're allowed to live their lives. You know, yeah. how many of you can pick out your famous, your favorite voice actor at, yeah. at a diner? 
Would you really be able to? There's a chance you. No, the you only voice actor that I would know by sight, and I don't even know her name, was the 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 woman that plays Bart Simpson's voice. Yardley Smith. Oh, uh, um, Nancy Cartwright. Nancy Cartwright. Thank you. Yeah, like, and she's the only person I know what it actually looks like. Yeah, and she, but she looks like an average woman in Ohio, and you could That's just right. be, and you would just <laughs> right. be like, does this woman give ten million dollars to Scientology, or is that a different lady? Like, <laughs> like it would give you enough of a of a, huh? where you don't necessarily you wouldn't immediately know who they are and there wouldn't be 75 kids taking pictures or or trying to do one of those fake selfies where like you do a picture with the person in the background on the contrary like so that that panel went really smoothly all the questions were really great and very specific to the to the my hero academia thing on the uh on the counter side of that i was on a show with uh, i was on a panel of one-on-one with the 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 kid Gaten Matarazzo, who plays uh, Dustin in Stranger Things. Okay. Now this That's kid, cool everybody knows who he is at this point in time. If you see him, you'd be like, "That's the f- Stranger Things kid." Half of the questions were people holding up their phone and being like, "Can you tell my daughter happy birthday?" Uh... And I'm just like, "Hey." Can we stop doing that? Like I didn't say that, but I was like, I was like, can we? Let's not. Let's stop having him let do free cameos. Yeah. Like, hey, this is an interview. Also, that's kind of yeah. Like some people want to ask a question about his acting career, and instead you're putting mm-hmm. this kid on the spot to go, "Hi, Amber." And then that. Yeah, and, and if the, he doesn't do that too, then 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 the crowd will exactly. Turn. I will I will add that that kid is a 19 year old millionaire, and he is the most down to earth kid I have ever met in my life. His oh, parents his yeah. parents kept him so grounded, uh, punished is what I meant. They punished him the whole. Time. No, <laughs> uh, it was awesome. Now, um, so you are available on the internet on Instagram at Joseph underscore Michael underscore art. Yep. And yep. I, I, it was just Joe Dragunas, but I changed it to try to f- with the algorithm, but it didn't work. Um, and, and so, yeah, what, what I looked at in here, uh, is funny too, because you do, there's a lot of stuff that I would expect. There's some Lord of the Rings stuff. Um, there's your classic, uh, you know, bones and armor stuff. And then out of nowhere, you just have some neon Genesis Evangelion pieces or or like gundam pieces um it's a gundam piece for the this this show coming up soon i like to have something for so my rule at the table is because because most people have fan art at the table Mm -hmm. but i do i I, i've been working on and off on a book for like the last 10 years and the skull and armor guy is my version of death like like the two Mm -hmm. main characters are literally the concepts of life and death they're the two main characters Mm -hmm. so i have lady life and i have sir death and because like what you were saying earlier about superhero books i've I read superhero. I, I read Creepy and Eerie growing up, and then I started to get into superhero stuff around like the image boom. Mm-hmm. And then I remember the Infinity Gauntlet trade paperback came out, yeah. which I, I remember it was twenty four ninety nine, and I was like, because I couldn't buy it at the time. I had to like shoplift you know, it, like go. Yeah. <laughs> like that was today's prices in the early nineties. But in that book, they had all these cosmic characters. Mm-hmm. They had the concept of chaos and order and they had the concept of, of of love and hate and Mephisto and I just thought that these that was the first time I was introduced to universal concepts that were actual characters yeah like, like eternity the, the personification of uh, yeah, uh, of yeah, conceptual oh, existence yeah which was just it blew my mind I thought I was like man this is the coolest thing ever so I instantly stopped reading superhero books 
besides like Silver Surfer or and then Dark Horse was starting to gain popularity and there were some more uh, uh, broad scope books from Dark Horse. But that's what I try to do. That's why like like the book is about life and death because I get sort of bored with individual superhero concepts or like Spider-Man's marriage to Mary Jane. Like a lot of, you know, not dissing what anybody else likes, but just personally, I like looking at the, if it's a comic book, I think it should be so unreal. That's what's entertaining to me. Not, not mundane, you know, like, like everyday stuff. I love. Yeah. The, Is my the wife mad at me? Things. You're like, I live yeah, that. Yeah, right. yeah. I, I, I work too much as a photographer and fighting crime. My wife's mad at me, even though I'm the only person in the city because like when you start breaking those down, you're just like, well, why isn't why is there any crime in the world where Superman exists? Because if this guy can move faster than the Flash, you could create a one world government when this this guy who's completely unkillable and, and has no weaknesses, like could rule the whole world on his own. Yeah, that's Red Sun <laughs> Superman. And we see how that went. Uh, oh, I, I never read that. But yeah. but I, the idea of like it, like that 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 is that would be the absolute uh, creation of fascism in that world. Because that that true. would be. But, but would, even then, thinking about Superman, I went broad scale with it. I can't. I just can't think of it on on you know him his marriage to Lois Lane. Yeah, it is. It's funny because you know adults are writing these books, and in general, like you know. We, we there's this thing where it's like well comics aren't for children any, anymore but like yeah they are uh <laughs> yeah, they are. <laughs> stop pretending that they're not like we like and i've had this debate with people a lot where i'm like star wars is for children and they're like no it's not and i'm like yes it is and the great part about fandom is that we're allowed to like things that are designed for children yeah. that's yeah, part of yeah. the beauty of fandom and so by denying and that you're taking a, a, a samurai space wizard m- movie with Muppets and you're taking yeah, it like it's Muppets. like it's personally insulting to think that the, the, the space Muppet show is, is for kids. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it's great that it's for kids, especially if the adults like it too, because like, this is just me personally speaking, a lot of the morality I learned was from reading stories like that as a kid yeah so like like a, a lot of this stuff like those stories even though like i don't like the the personal day-to-day superhero stuff that might connect with somebody who never thought about something from that angle yeah. and you know evolve their view on on something spider-man's tenacity for example that's a lesson that sticks with you as a kid when you're reading that the never giving or up just, even if you're getting your the kicked out of you or just doing doing the good thing even though there's no reward you know, I don't believe, or, or I don't, I don't agree with that. <laughs> um, but, but even with Spider-Man, there's there's a reward, there's there's a, a punishment because your marriage is rocky. Your face is beat to hell. And, and all you did was stop a, a, an old lady, you know, getting her purse stolen. But you still did the right thing because you're supposed to do the right thing. So it's it's <laughs> it's I, important for kids to, to to learn those you heard it here everybody do the right thing for uh if, if you're gonna get paid um <laughs> no that being said uh thank you so much uh, for joining me uh for those of you that would like to know more like i said uh check out joseph underscore michael underscore art on instagram you should give him a follow anyway because this stuff is wild it's so good and and, and it's so detailed and i can't wait to shoplift something from you the next time that i see you uh, at a convention. Take it all. It's free. Uh, so now anything else you want to promote before we shift over to the Patreon exclusive content? Ooh, well, just be nice to each other. Go get vaccinated. 
If I said anything that somebody didn't like, I'm sorry. It was out of ignorance, not malice. Support Jeff. Counter comic book shows. Counterpoint uh mine, all malice. All malice. Full on, full on <laughs> acts of malice. Um, if, if you want to check me out, of course, you can check me out at social media at Hey There Jeff Rowe. And you can also check out You Don't Even Like Sports, a sports podcast for people that hate sports, and the Unpopular Opinion podcast, both on the Unpops Network, as well as Tom and Jeff Watch Batman on the Gamefully Unemployed Network. Um, uh, Joe What's Spink, that one about? Uh, I don't know. It's a, cre- it's a very clever <laughs> name. Joe, thank you so much. Uh, for those of you that are patrons, stick around. We got another little, a uh, little bit of bone con coming your way. For those of you that aren't, sign up for the Patreon. You can hear what we're talking about, and you can hear all the naughty words. Uh, dun, th- dun, dun. Thank Fuck. you, thank you all so very much, Joe. Say goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. Right. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Our artwork is created by Justin T. Brown, who can be found at Artness by Justin Brown on Instagram, as well as artnessbyjustinbrown.com. That dope music you heard is by Troy Nababon, available at Troy Nababon on Instagram, as well as at troynababon.com. Nababon is spelled N-A-B-A-B-A-N, and boy, does that shred. Thank you all so much for listening. See you next time.